Hey friends, this is Linda and you're listening to Calling Water. With Christmas right around the corner, we're examining scripture to look at the events that led up to Jesus' birth and ask, what do these things mean and what do they call us to do? In today's episode, No Word from God Will Ever Fail, we're looking at the story of the birth of Jesus being foretold to Mary and how we can similarly respond to God's plans for us with joy rather than fear. Let's get started. So last time we looked at the first part of Luke chapter 1, which is a story about the miraculous birth of John, who would later be known as John the Baptist, and how his birth plays a significant role in God's plans for the coming Savior. The remainder of Luke chapter 1 talks about the foretelling of the most miraculous birth, the birth of Jesus, who would be the Savior the world had been waiting for. And I mean it when I say Jesus is the Savior for the whole world. I mean, we've heard it before and we know this intellectually, but we rarely stop to think about the implications of the fact that the birth of Jesus was in fact joy to the world. Even the song Joy to the World tells us that the earth, the whole earth should receive her king. And what's more, the joy that came with the birth of Jesus wasn't limited to humans. The first verse ends with, let heaven and nature sing. And in the second verse, fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Except when Mary first got the news of what was about to happen, that she would become the mother of God's own son, joy was not her immediate response. In verse 28 of Luke chapter 1, when the angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Verse 29 tells us, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Because the news that gets dropped on her is heavy, and the angel doesn't even couch the news to soften the blow either. The angel says in verses 31 through 33, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And mind you, everything the angel said would happen was humanly impossible, as she was, strictly speaking, a virgin. And when she points this out, the angel then responds with verses 35 through 37. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. At this, Mary fully submits to God's plans for her, and more importantly, for the whole world. She is reminded of cousin Elizabeth, who was carrying a child at an inconceivably old age. She's reminded in just these few verses, the faithfulness of God. No word from God will ever fail, and nor has it before. 
Later in this chapter, Mary in fact visits Elizabeth, and the unborn baby John in Elizabeth's belly also jumps for joy at Mary's news. Elizabeth says to her in verse 45, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And by she, she's talking about Mary, but she's also talking about herself because she's living proof that no word from God will ever fail. And for Elizabeth, though this was an impossible pregnancy by all measures, she was a fully grown woman when she received her promise from God. Mary, she was probably around 14, at most 16 years old at the time. Even given the fact that life expectancy was much shorter back then, 14 is incredibly young. Way too young to do anything, really, let alone mother a child. A child who will turn out to be the savior of the world. But in a matter of months, a mother she would be. Mary would be entrusted with carrying, giving birth to, and raising our Savior. She would endure nine long months, give or take, of morning sickness, back pain, fatigue, which wouldn't end once the baby is born, sleepless nights with a newborn, let me tell you, it's brutal. And all parents carry the burden of wanting their kids to grow up well, but Mary had the added burden of her child being Jesus. And... All these challenges don't even include the societal pressures and even the real stigma she would experience as an unmarried girl being with child. I mean, history has proven over and over again that it's unkind to women who break from the expected norms. Can you imagine all that Mary would have endured in ancient Palestine? And she didn't enter into this blindly, though. I mean, the song asks, Mary, did you know? And yeah, maybe not the full picture, but she knew that her son wouldn't be an ordinary baby. She knew to some degree that her baby boy would save our sons and daughters and that the child that she delivered would soon deliver her. She knew that her journey ahead would be a rigorous one. But in response to this revelation, she doesn't shrink away or question this calling, but she boldly says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, we all know about Christmas and we know that it's the celebration of the birth of our Savior. But within those moments of celebration, pause and reflect on the purpose that baby Jesus came to fulfill. What we have to understand is for Jesus Christ to come to this earth as the Messiah who would take away the sins of this world, he had to become human. He had to withstand the normal pressures of human life, be faced with the same temptations, to feel the same kinds of afflictions and still be victorious over them all. But in order to establish the fact that Jesus is not just a virtuous human being, this miraculous birth by virgin shows that he comes from God and could only come from God alone. And Jesus didn't come to earth to enjoy a life of luxury with everyone treating him like a royal. 
He came to suffer. He came to be ridiculed. He came to be as vulnerable and helpless as a baby in the hands of an equally vulnerable and helpless 14-year-old girl whose main claim to fame was her unflinching confidence in the Word of God. Now, if the Son of God willingly put his sovereignty and omnipotence on hold to follow God's divine plan to save humanity, if a young girl willingly put her comfort and reputation on hold to follow God's divine plan, and then that divine plan came to pass exactly as God intended, why should we not trust the God who orchestrated it all? And why should we not receive any plans that are given to us with joy? So friends, this Christmas, take a step back from the gifts, the lights, the music, the looking for your all I want for Christmas or your heart after you gave it away last Christmas. And think about everything that so many people, including our Messiah, gave up so that you and I may know God and receive salvation. I mean, celebrate. By all means, celebrate. But also, let's get at the heart of what we are celebrating. And I know all of us have suffered these past couple of years, especially, which really felt like it lasted an entire decade. I don't know exactly what you have been through individually, and I may not understand all of your struggles, but regardless, you can still have joy. Because while happiness is momentary and it hinges on reasons and conditions, joy, true lasting joy, comes simply from recognizing Jesus as our Savior. When we invite him into the darkest, most secretive, and even shame-ridden recesses of our hearts, he will bring with him the light of his joy. After her encounter with the angel and after her visit with Elizabeth, Mary embraces the destiny that God had put in her life. It was going to be an enormous burden to bear, but when she understood the significance of what she had been called to do, her fear became joy. Not just because she was about to have a baby and that she was handpicked by God to carry the Son of God. Her joy was for the whole world. Listen to the words of the song Mary lifts up in response, also known as the Magnificat, in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. 
Friends, it is my urgent prayer for all of you that you might make your heart the rightful home of this kind of joy. No matter how much all the outside noise tries to drown out this joy and impede us from recognizing God's presence, even in the midst of the very real and deteriorating struggles, experience complete joy this Christmas. If you're in a place of weakness, don't attempt this season alone. Reach out and welcome comforting words and encouragement. If you're in a place of strength, share that with those for whom this time of year is especially difficult. And let us all invite the joy of Jesus into our lives. Let it drive out your personal darkness and bring you into his light. Let it drive you to work out your salvation all the more fervently as we head into a new year. And let the joyful sounds of all of creation be the song we sing in our hearts and out loud. Let us repeat the sounding joy, for the Savior's birth is near and the word of God never fails. Let's pray. God, Thank you for being our single most important and necessary source of joy that the world cannot take away from us. You gave us life in the form of your son, Jesus Christ, and it was for this reason Christ came to earth. As we celebrate our Savior's birth this year, help us to remember that you also have plans for each of us plans that are both great and impossible, but we know will come to pass because no word from you will ever fail. Give us the strength to trust that your word will be fulfilled and that we may not only welcome our Savior into the world, but his presence into our hearts. May we, in this season and forever, behold the joy in his birth and echo the voices of all creation as they repeat that sounding joy. And may our joy-filled lives be what invites the whole world to receive her King, to prepare him room, and to let heaven and nature sing. In Jesus' name, amen.